When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Can You Dig It? And I say back because it's been a minute, Jacob Rude, my co-host, uh, which, again, I'm so bad at, like, handing it off to the other host. I, it <laughs> never feels natural. Uh, but but once I get that out of the way, it feels natural, Jacob. Dude, I don't know if you listened to Honey and I's podcast last week, but... I called us the Kawhi and PG of Silver Skin and Roll podcast because <laughs> we're like never together, but when we are, it's fire. It is, it is, yeah. the The Clippers, um, boy, they're they're just so good on paper. They added Reggie Jackson. I know it, it's uh, God. Wh- wh- how many days ago was that? It feels like only two or three, right? I think it was yesterday. God, time is a flat circle. Without um, NBA basketball, it's hard to like time just feels so weird. These days are dragging on and um it feels weird not having basketball to turn on at night when you come home. And the content mill has has ran pretty dry because if you head on over to silverscreenandroll.com, we published a story on JaVale McGee writing and producing a song for Justin Bieber. Which, Which is like doesn't beat. feel like an actual headline. <laughs> it's real. Like we didn't just make it up, but that is peak off season content. And the NBA All Star Break might as well be the off season. So, uh, what for is that, Javale's like alter ego name for his Pierre? Pierre, yes, that is great. It's, a, it's yeah, it's not like a Lil or a Duh or <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's just perfect. simply Pierre. Uh, and because because there's such little things to talk about, Jacob. Uh, well, we are forced to think for ourselves and, and come up with a show, which is never good. Whenever you and I are asked <laughs> to think for ourselves, we're in for a world of trouble. We go off the rails a little bit. <laughs> but I think uh, what we've settled on and what we're going to do uh, is a little preview of the 2020 NBA playoffs, which bearing like a meltdown of catastrophic proportions which isn't out of the picture for the Lakers. Um, it The Lakers are going to be playing in the postseason. I'm knocking on wood after that sentence. <laughs> Lakers are going to be playing in the postseason in 2020 this year. They're honestly probably pretty close to clinching a playoff spot technically. Yeah, I think their magic number is like 11. Yeah, I was great. trying to do some quick math. But yeah, it, they, they're pretty close. Yeah, it's it's wild how... We went from one extreme to the other last year at this time. We're debating if Lonzo can get back in time to <laughs> give him a, a spark to um, make a run at that eight seed. And then he just never came were, back. Yeah, there were some ugly games down the stretch last year. Hopefully those are all out of our system, too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, somebody posed the question the other day, like, what's the lowest you've ever felt as a fan of your team? And I thought back to last year when the Lakers were trying to make that push for the eighth seed, which in hindsight, like I, I, I'd have to double check, but the eighth seed in the Western Conference got in with uh, 48 wins, which it, even if the Lakers like 
it, it, they would have had to have gone on like on an unprecedented run uh, to make the playoffs last season. But anyway, that that game they lost against the Phoenix Suns last season after the All Star break was kind of the nail in the coffin for them. Yeah, that's the one I always dread that the play where LeBron like half heartedly goes to throw the ball in and throws it off the bottom of the backboard. Yeah. And nah, yeah. Felt real <laughs> I don't bad. know if I'd call that the lowest moment because there were some really bad moments during those Byron Scott teams, but But those were expected. Yeah, but like I'm trying to think. I remember being really, really angry about him benching D'Lo and Julius. Um I don't know. There were some really – I would say last year ranked high up there just because it was so, like, demoralizing because, like, LeBron's like, all right, I'm going to be playoff LeBron, and then yeah, it never came, and it was frustrating. But I don't know if I could put it as the lowest moment. There, that, like, the year before that when the Lakers had, like, a 13-game losing streak in, like, January or something and LeVar started, was calling out Luke Walton, <laughs> that ranks up there as yeah. well. That is a yeah. You're right. You're right. I think my mindset though was like, when the Lakers were bad, I a switch turned off in my fandom, and I just wanted them to be bad. I wanted them to be the worst team in the league during the rebuilding years. See, like I was always, I I was I didn't I want to say I wanted them to lose. I was fine with them losing, but I was still rooting for wins. And then like this idea that like oh if you do it the right way we'll get rewarded which i don't know right way whatever you want to call it i think they came out fine but um i don't i could never really openly root for them to lose or like want them not to win basically so i would always get frustrated it would be a thing where i'd get frustrated by the loss and within like five minutes i was looking up tankathon and mock drafts (laughs) to get over it yeah, it's it feels weird that Warriors fans are using Tankathon this year. Like, oh, how the mighty have fallen! I know that's that's so strange. And the they, I, I don't feel too bad for them though because they're going to be really good next year. Like, even even if Andrew Wiggins is is on the roster, like they're going to be fine. I think. This might be a hot take. I think it's more likely they trade probably Wiggins with that pick for um, some type of more impact player than draft one of these guys at the top of the the draft because this is a pretty weak draft, and a lot of the top guys are guards, which isn't going to work in, uh, in Golden State. Like Only yeah. if they get probably the number one pick and can get James Wiseman, that might be the only way they hang on to it. Otherwise, I could see them packaging like that pick, and I don't know what how many draft picks that they have packaging that, and maybe a couple others or something. And they have Minnesotas, yeah, yeah, and going and getting package that with Wiggins just as like salary ballast. I don't know who they would get. Yeah, that's my thing. Is I I thought the same thing, and my mindset was always that they were going to trade Russell for a package of like. Gorgie Dang and Robert Covington plus a pick and just have Robert Covington at the three and then use Dang's um, salary 
and that pick to to flip for an impact player. But all they have is Andrew Wiggins right now, which I mean may like be more valuable than than Gorgie would have been in a trade. But his salary in that pick, I just don't know how many players are available that that would get them like that would be worth surrendering surrendering will likely be a top five pick in Andrew Wiggins. Like I guess Bradley Beal. That's but, what I was thinking, but it's not a very it's still kind of a clunky fit. It's a better fit than Delo was, but it's not it's not all that better. The only other one that's always out there is Kevin Love, but I don't see them attaching themselves to that contract. And I don't think he I mean I think him and Draymond could play in the front court together, but I don't know that that really makes him all that much better. At long last, the Warriors trading for Kevin Love. <laughs> and keeping Clay Thompson. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, I, we, we've, again, once we're uh, left to ourselves with no news, <laughs> we, get, we get a little off track. Uh, so let's let's start with the first team the Lakers would see in the Western Conference playoffs, which I don't know if I've mentioned, but they will likely be playing in – this season um it's it bearing like a gr- like a fantastic second half run by the portland trailblazers like they're four games back of the eighth seed right now uh the lakers will be playing the memphis grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs which like honestly that's probably best case for them of, of every team in the western conference i will say don't count out the pelicans because they I, have the, the <laughs> easiest, the easy. I know you won't, but they have the easiest schedule remaining. And with Zion, like their yeah. numbers have been absolutely incredible. His on-off numbers and whatnot, and they've been rolling. They're five and a half back, though. Um, we still have Memphis twice. They're going to get Portland right out of the All-Star break, but probably without Dame. Um, but yeah, Memphis. I think of. Uh, between Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, and the Pelicans, that might be best case scenario to play Memphis because John Morant's fun and all, but he doesn't really worry me too much in a playoff series. Yeah, and and that's my like logic too. Their front court is is pretty damn good. Like I really like the Valanciunas, Clark, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like they just have guys that can play, uh, but. N- I think they have a really promising future this season. They do not stand a chance against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like not a single chance. And that I do agree that front court is fun and interesting, but it, the Lakers matchup, but they have better versions of both those types of players. They have a better version of Valanciunas and a much, much, much better version of Jaron Jackson jr. Um, So they can play big with those guys and totally get away with it. Yeah, I think that would be a four-game sweep, to be honest. I, I, there's nothing I'd hate more in this world than the Lakers winding up playing the Portland Trail Blazers in the first round. Just because Dame terrifies me. Yeah, Dame has been on a tear. I, I tweeted this, and it's probably the most engagement I've ever gotten on a tweet. But I said that Damian Lillard's putting up James Harden numbers. But it's fun watching him do it. Um, and my mentions turned into, like, I want to say, like, 80% people clowning on James Harden and the other 
were Rockets fans, which I don't know if you've uh, paid attention to the news, Jacob, but Houston fans will defend their wrongdoing to like the depths, the very depths of hell. And I don't know why. Shout out to LeBron for his tweet about uh, the Astros. That came out of nowhere. Mr. Um, Baseball Commissioner. Yeah, won't even address him by his name. He's so disgusted by him. Um, <laughs> yeah, out of those same four teams, the Trailblazers are the ones I least want because Dame is just – I mean, we saw firsthand what he can do. The Lakers caught him right in the middle of that unbelievable stretch he was on. Um I don't want to say my hope, but my thought is that he's going to wear down because he's done so much and carried so much. Nurkic, I think, will be back eventually. Yeah, I don't know if Zach Collins is supposed to come back this year. I think um, he is. If they have both those guys, that's – I mean, neither of those guys are really going to be at 100%, but that's a, that's still a, a scarier team. Um, But this injury Dame has, too, can be a lingering one. Um, he says he wants to come back in like one to two weeks, but we saw with LeBron and growing injuries how long that can tail on, and you're not 100% when you come back. Yeah. I was absolutely stunned they didn't trade Whiteside at the deadline. Like They needed to do something. It was just, especially like the game right before the, either right before or right after the trade deadline, Whiteside, and, or the Blazers played the Pelicans, and Zion made Whiteside look just like a G League player. Like he's just blowing by him, overpowering him. Hassan Whiteside is a really, really odd player, and I at one point <laughs> campaigned for the Lakers to sign him. That that might be near the darkest days of uh, Laker fandom, but he puts up these stats that are some of the emptiest stats in the league. And I'm stunned that they held on to him and just didn't change anything. Yeah. I, I don't know if their plan is to resign him. If it is like oh. why, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that was a, I, I, I think back to my, my dark days as a, as a Lakers fan and just wanting the Lakers to sign, um, you know, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, I never dipped that low. Batum, Evan did. Turner, um, Hassan Whiteside. It it was uh just all bad. The like, ob- we we've missed the obvious darkest days when the Mozgov contract was announced at like twelve oh one the night of free agency. Because Mitch Kupchak is a man of the law. Like he would, if of all the NBA GMs to run the Houston Astros, Mitch Kupchak would be the very last one because he yeah. goes by the book. I'm sorry. I'm going to take every chance I get to please bring it do. up. Keep, it, keep throwing those pot shots at the Astros. please. <laughs> it angers me. It'll be, uh, we'll be doing this podcast in three years and the Astros will still be catching strays for me, but it's okay. And they'll probably still be denying that they ever got an advantage <laughs> from it too. And that's the, what makes but, it all worse is that they won't, if they were just like, yeah, we did it and just, took their lumps eventually it would blow over but they're all that press conference their owner gave was one of the most bizarre things ever it's like those uh youtuber apology videos where they're fake crying in it i'm sorry that you got offended basically (laughs) that's what that owner said i'm sorry that you guys got mad 
but it's okay because by then the lake the the Dodgers will have at least two World Series, I think, um, on the backs of Mookie and Bellinger. So, and a healthy Corey Seager. I don't know that I can agree on that one, but I'll let That's you have fine. it. Yes, you're, you're on a hot do. streak. I'll let you take that heat. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't want to sound overly ambitious, and I don't want to discredit what the Grizzlies have done because. I don't think anybody expected them to be in the playoff picture this year. But I'd say it's a four-game sweep for the Lakers. Like, I'd be genuinely... Like, it would have to take a LeBron injury, knock on wood, or, you know, just something... You're really trying to jinx it. (laughs) Something will have gone terribly wrong if if that game goes more than four four games. Or that series goes more than four games. I think they would sweep the Grizzlies. They would sweep the Spurs. They would probably take, it would probably only take five, maybe six games to get past the Pelicans. I could see that Zion going crazy in New Orleans one night. And the Trailblazers, it would depend on Dame. But I think they would comfortably win just about any eight seed matchup now, they would have. This the, the second round, I was trying to find a bracket because... Every year, I get confused if I don't have a bracket in front of me. Who they'd play in the second round? The Jazz Rockets winner. Well, I you see that's a tough one because the Lakers have done really well against Utah this season. Uh, have made Gobert look like the fraud he is. <laughs> uh, but you're throwing shots at everyone tonight. I know. I, like I know. I'm uh, feeling a little feisty today. Uh, but yeah, I I still fear their size though. Like go the Gobert Anthony Davis matchup, I think still worries me a little bit, even though like every game they've played has has made me feel or should have made me feel um at ease. Uh I I don't worry about the jazz at all. Basically, like um Jordan Clarkson is being a very meaningful contributor to that team right now. And I know you're a Jordan Clarkson stan, but uh, <laughs> you're he, not wrong. Is, <clears throat> he should not be contributing that much. Now it's, it probably is a bit of a hot streak. and But that team, that team doesn't worry me all that much. Like, I think it'd be a, a five, six game series, but I don't, I wouldn't worry about, um, the Jazz too much. AD, like you said, is kind of dominated Gobert in the uh, in the two match. I think it's only been two matchups they've had. Um, I would worry about them more than the Rockets. I'll say that, but i I don't think I don't think that they really do anything that scares me all that much. The Jazz. Why do you think the Rockets dismantled the Lakers the way they did? Like a few weeks ago, is it just because they shot they, like forty five percent from three? I think yeah, that has a lot to do with it. And the Lakers do this thing too. We saw it that opening game against the Clippers, and we saw it. Uh, I think the second Clippers game a bit, but like they throw the ball to AD for these post ups way too much, and that kind of plays into the Rockets' hand. Um, I I mean, if the Rockets shoot. I don't remember exactly what the percentage was. It was around 45% that night. If they're shooting 
five fifty percent from three, like they're just going to beat everybody. Like it doesn't matter really who the five guys out there are. Um, but come a playoff series, I think you can expose that pretty easily. And you've also seen Harden has a history of breaking down come the playoffs. Like yeah. this isn't a team that ever really paces itself. Um, to I mean, be how could you at the playoffs. when you're coached by Mac D'Antoni pace yourself? Yeah, like there was a Pelicans game either late January or early February where he played eight guys and like all of them played over 30 minutes. Jesus. And it's like, what are you doing? Like this is a random like Wednesday night game. Like just relax a little bit. Like you don't need to win this bad. They shot 45.2%. They had 19 threes. Um, that Laker game. So if they're doing that, it doesn't really matter. And if Russ is hitting like every two pointer, um, he takes. He was seventeen to twenty eight that night. Uh, I mean, if both those things happen, there aren't many teams that can beat them. But I think I just I think this style they have it might be fun to watch. I don't know. I can't stand watching the Rockets as is. Um, but I think they'll be exposed in the playoffs. Yeah, I also think a large part of it was like um, kind of like seeing a unicorn, I think. You're just in so much shock. Yeah. Once there's more tape on it, I think teams will figure out how to attack it too. But, I mean, I think that was the first night that they had really committed it to it. Yeah, that that was great. I still can't believe they've they've gone all in. Like the Damari Carroll and Jeff Green signings and them assigning their only center – they have on the roster to the G League. I just thought, wow, you're really just, doing it, pal. I mean, I guess kudos to D'Antoni and Daryl Morey for just going for it, but, like, why? Like, they were in the Western Conference Finals, what, two years ago? And playing the system they have, I know Chris Paul and Russ are two very different players, but even last year, they had the – I mean, they should have beaten the Warriors then too. But, like, they've been right there, right at, like, the edge of um, being in the finals. And the one team you couldn't get past, like we said earlier, the Warriors are at the bottom of the standing. So, I mean, I just don't know why they were so dead set on trading Capella. That was always odd to me. Yeah, I feel like if they just would have waited – for Damari Carroll to hit the, or, or even Jeff Green, honestly. Jeff Green was a free agent when they traded Clint Capella. Yeah, that's, that's perplexing to me. But Kudos to them for, like I said, just going all in, but <laughs> good luck with that. So you you would rather see the Rockets than, than the Jazz in the playoffs? Uh, Yeah, especially in the second round, like I said. I think they're going to wear down. P.J. Tucker can't keep playing this many minutes against these big guys <laughs> and survive, but I would rather see the Rockets and the Jazz, yeah. D- Jared Dudley might be the X factor in that series, like That's with how often they he go would, small. You know, he, him and Kuzma would play a lot in those small ball lineups, I bet. Kuzma Duds at the five. I don't know how I feel. Or I, I, Yeah, we'll see. God, that brings up bad memories of last year when they played Kuzma at the five in the – preseason there's another dark moment that first preseason game when he was trying to guard Jokic at the five or luke like being hell-bent on playing larry nash jr over julius randall like that was pretty nutty um so assuming 
like assuming uh the Clippers beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Which would be a fun as hell playoff series. Oh, right, 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 for sure. Somebody posted what the if if conferences didn't exist and how those matchups would look, all of those games were so fun. <laughs> like I want them to do that so bad. They never will, but um that that would be so fun. Uh so if the Clippers beat the Thunder, and I think they will, and the Nuggets beat Dallas, which I'm less sure of, like, I think the Nuggets are very good. I think some of the moves they made at the trade deadline confused me. Um, it seemed like they were going to go all in on someone and then just didn't. Yeah, I feel like Drew was probably their guy, and then that just fell apart. May I mean, that's probably who I would imagine they were looking at, but, like, the Pelicans never really made any like they basically never said he was available. They were, I think the closest they ever got was like you're gonna have to blow us away with an offer to to get him and I I I'm trying to think who said it. Mark Stein. It well no, it was a podcast I was listening to where mm-hmm. it was like if you were the Nuggets right now, would you trade Michael Porter Jr. for Drew Holiday? Just straight up. I don't know if it works salary wise, but just hypothetically. Yeah. Would you do that trade? Oh boy. Uh well, Drew Holiday's gonna be a free agent in twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I do. I mean, assuming you can keep Gary Harris, I think yeah, I think I do that trade. Would you do it if you were the Pelicans? Um boy, that's even tougher. I think you'd have to be confident that either he or Ingram can play the two. Like if he's a if if he's a yeah. foundational place piece or Zion play center. But I was gonna say that probably would it would actually probably be Zion playing center. Which, you'd have some type of front court of Ingram, Porter Jr. and Zion. The thing that watching Zion play that stuns me the most is the fact that he after the NBA adjusted the measurements and everything he's like six six right him and lonzo are like basically the same height that is hilarious and to see him do the things he does is just ridiculous there's time there's been multiple times he's had moves where i just kind of laughed where it's just like like i know this analogy is kind of used a lot but he literally looks like a video game character he looks like a my player guy who the difficulties turned down and you've maxed out like skills and whatnot. Like the, some of the things he does are just, they're so wild. He he'll fly into people and then immediately just bounce right back up and on his second jump and get the put back. And like guys that big shouldn't be that athletic. He's unbelievable. He's like absolutely must watch right now. Yeah. And when he takes off, to use your video game analogy, it really does like people complain about cheese and 2K all the time, like mm-hmm. players getting stuck in animations. That's what he looks like. Sometimes he takes off and he has so much hang time that I'm just like, what are you doing taking off from there? And he just he floats in midair. Like obviously it's extreme to compare him to Michael Jordan, but God, his his hang time is unlike like very few people. Maybe it's just the way he looks in his build, but very few people look as cool as he does in the air as, as he does. 
yeah, it's just the way his his body makeup compared to to what normal guys who jump that high like is. Derek it Jones just, Jr. Yeah, yeah, Polar exactly. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see him. He better do the dunk contest next year. Oh, I hope so. If Jaw's not gonna do it, I hope Zion does. Um, okay, but we got a we got a Denver Clippers. I'm guessing in the Western Conference semifinals. Who do you have in that series? Man, I just I haven't watched Denver a ton, but something about them just doesn't feel like right this year. It's Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Jokic, like sometimes he looks really good and sometimes he looks like he doesn't want to be out there. Right. I would I would take the Clippers, assuming they finally get back to full health. I think I'd take the Clippers in that. And they have the zoo the the Jokic stopper in zoo. So <laughs> yes, noted Jokic stopper Ivica Zubat. <laughs> uh so to wrap things up, we're not going to spend too much time on this because I feel like we have this conversation every other week. Um, we got a Cl- Clippers Lakers Western Conference Finals, which terrifies me. I yeah, not a great matchup. Yeah, I. Uh, they need thing, another wing. The Lakers badly do, and preferably Mo Harkless, so he can just have like a revenge series, not even a re- revenge game, a revenge series. I, I feel a lot, 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 lot better about that series if we got Mo Harkless over yeah, like Troy Daniels. Because I think people have said that the two biggest needs for the Lakers are a defensive wing and like a shot creating ball handling guard, which I agree with the latter. I just think if they utilized Kyle Kuzma properly and maybe gave some Arondo's playing time to Quinn Cook, I think that's something that could be patched up pretty easily. The wing defense thing, like internally, the only way I can see them maybe patching that up is playing more two forward lineups with Kyle Kuzma and Jared Dudley. But even then, like, that's not a foolproof plan by any means. <laughs> no, I do agree that there are ways internally to handle the lack of a second creator. I do think Quinn Cook should have more a, a longer look, um, get more minutes. There's, to me, nothing internally to fix the lack of... Because it's a lack of size problem more than anything with the Lakers' yeah. rotation. They just don't... We've talked a lot about it. Everybody's seen it whenever Kawhi was guarding or KCP was guarding Kawhi, especially that first game. Like, they're just not long enough. Um, That has been more concerning seeing some of these guys get swooped up than, I mean, not getting Darren Collison sucked. Um, I've never really been a fan of Reggie Jackson, so I wasn't too bothered by that. Mm. Um, But guys like Marvin Williams, Damari Carroll, even Jeff Green to some extent because he played so well with LeBron that one year in Cleveland. Seeing those guys get swept or yeah, swept up and not to the Lakers has been a bit more concerning. They just really like I saw the quote today about Mo Harkless like deciding if he wanted to play for a contender or not over playing for the Knicks, which is just a really odd way to <laughs> word that. Like that's a hometown, like that's a hometown kid's logic. Is he from 
New yeah, York? he's from New York. Oh, okay. that's the only reason he's still on that team. Okay, that I didn't know that part. I I I saw that quote and I'm like, what the heck is this dude smoking? <laughs> like, why would you want to play for the Knicks right now? That makes a little more sense. But yeah, I mean, the Lakers would be at his doorstep. I think the minute he was uh, bought out, offering him that disabled player exception, and yeah, he would solve so many needs uh, for that team in that Clippers series. He's exactly what um, the Lakers need in terms of size, a little bit of three-point shooting, but just good defensive size. I'm, I'm almost a little scared he gets bought out because it would absolutely crush me if he's bought out and the Lakers don't sign him. Yeah, I don't know where else he would go. Cause like Houston would have been a question, but I don't well, know. Jeff, they have... Jeff Green's only on a ten day. That's true. So maybe Houston. He's obviously not going back to the Clippers. I don't think either Denver or Utah have much of a need for him. Maybe Dallas. Um, well, they have Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So yeah, that's. And I'm trying to look. Eastern Conference isn't really Toronto. I wouldn't say think so. Maybe Milwaukee. I don't know what kind of wing size. I don't want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I want you. I just want to hear that the only team that is even mildly appealing to Mo Harkless is the Lakers. Um, let, let me rewind this. Uh, yeah, the only team I can see being interested in him <laughs> is the Lakers. We'll add a, that rewind sound. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, very quickly, uh, Lakers, Clippers. Seven game playoff series. Who do you have with the rosters as constructed? I'm not going to pick against the Lakers. It would be seven games, but I'm not confident about it. I would say Lakers just because I'm a fan, but I'm not confident <laughs> in it. Yeah, I think I I agree. It would go to seven games. Like especially if LeBron James still has that second gear. I. Yeah, and and playoff don't forget playoff Rondo. I have somebody nope. in my mentions every day talking about just wait until the postseason. And I've also been told Demarcus Cousins is coming back, so we have that to look forward to. That's a yeah. I don't believe Boogie's coming back, but whatever. I'm not uh, even going to entertain that. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening this week. I had a lot of fun recording this podcast, and uh, hopefully, maybe <laughs> we'll see you all again next week. <laughs>